listening to Radio Sega, and this is the Sega Lounge. Sit back, have a drink, and enjoy the conversation. And now, here are tonight's hosts, KC and SSF1991. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. We play the best Sega music 24-7, and after a two-week hiatus, because uh, I was not around, I was on vacation, yay me, uh, we're now back with another episode of the Sega Lounge. Uh, if you don't know by now, and you should, the Sega Lounge is Radio Sega's own talk show. We have awesome guests every week, we play uh, some awesome Sega music, and we talk about stuff. Uh, what we talk about, it depends. Tonight, we're celebrating the 25th anniversary of the Sega Genesis. So, not the Mega Drive, uh, because, yeah, although I'm from Portugal, yes, as you should know by now, but we're celebrating uh, the launch of the American version of the Mega Drive the Genesis. Yes, uh, it's been 25 years since it was first released in the US. Uh, and that's quite a lot and it's uh, a milestone so that let's celebrate that by having an awesome awesome guest from a community website sega16.com let's welcome ken hello 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 and welcome welcome to the sega lounge thank you for having me yeah, it's pleasure so to be here our pleasure to have you. Uh, I think this is going to be an awesome show because we'll be discussing uh, the website, uh, sega16.com. We'll be talking a bit about that. We'll also be talking about uh, uh, everyone's uh, fondest memories of the Genesis or the Mega Drive. So, uh, although this is a recorded show, I'm not sure if we've had any comments because I ask for people to share their favorite memories of the Mega Drive or the Genesis. So if anyone has sent us a tweet or uh, mentioned us on Facebook or uh, something, we'll read those comments on air uh, shortly. So yeah, and if you're listening to this on the stream on Radio Sega, uh, this is of course, now it's uh, Thursday, uh, 8 p.m. UK time or BST, so if you're listening to us and you're in the IRC chatroom, as you should be, uh, of course you can join us, you just have to open your preferred IRC client, and the server is irc.surrealchat.net, our uh, chatroom is of course hash Radio Sega, or you can just go to uh, radiosega.net forward slash community forward slash chat, and you're in, just don't forget to change your nickname. So if you're in the IRC chatroom, don't forget to interact with the other listeners and uh, discuss what we're talking about tonight, the Mega Drive, the Genesis, uh, your favorite games, your favorite memories, uh, what you liked about it, what you hated about it, nothing of course, because it was awesome. So yeah, feel free to interact with uh, the people in the IRC chatroom, or you can also mention at Radio Sega on Twitter and um, share with us 
your memories of the Genesis, you can also use the hashtag the Sega Lounge and that way we'll probably retweet your tweets and even mention some uh, mention you on Twitter as well. So yeah, uh, I'm usually um, joined by my co-host SSF1991, uh, also known as Donny. Yes, Donny. We all love Donny. We all need a bit of Donny in our lives, but tonight, sadly, uh, he's not around because he's engaged in uh, the Sonicathon. Uh, so if you want to um, learn more about that, you just go to hfc-marathons.co.uk uh, and you can watch uh, the guys play Sonic games and you can also uh, join the, uh, the chat that's, uh, I think, yes, in the website. So don't forget to do that after the show because now you're listening to us. Don't go anywhere. But when we uh, end the show... Don't forget to uh, su uh, support this uh, Sonicathon. It's for child's play, so it's a good cause. They've uh, actually, let's see, uh, 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 donations by now $13,696.20. That's awesome. Whoa. That's great. That's great. That's great. Yeah, and it's a great cause. So uh, donate if you can, or if you can't, uh, at least uh, join the guys for the chat or to watch the stream. Uh, so while we're airing this on Radio Sega, so it should be the 14th of August. We're recording this uh, a day earlier, but so when this show is airing, the guys should be playing the awesome, the amazing, the classic Sonic 2006. Everyone lo loves that, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> right? No? no? Probably not. But yeah. <laughs> if you want to um, watch endless, endless uh, loading screens uh, and the guys being killed by glitches and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, why not? Why not join join the the Sonicathon, <laughs> supporting Child's Play? It's a good cause, so uh, it's all good. This should be happening uh, until the twentieth of August at least. So they'll they'll be playing lots of games of Sonic games, uh, including uh, the Genesis games. So it's always a, a nice thing to watch people play awesome games. Yes, so that's uh, it about that. Uh, it's a shame Donny isn't with us, but he's in spirit, of course. We miss you, Donny. Uh, come back next week. Yes, but uh, so if uh, since we don't have Donny, we don't have Donny's news corner. And to be honest, I'm a bit out of the loop because I've been on vacation. I'm still not here in spirit. <laughs> I'm still tired, jet lagged, <laughs> and yeah, I don't know what's going on. One thing I do know, it's going on. It's Game Gamescom, um, and people have been discussing uh, stuff about Gamescom. Especially something related to Tom Tomb Raider, which is now, I think, uh, an Xbox One exclusive. But, yeah, that's life, guys. Um, yeah, other than that, I don't know anything about anything. The one thing I do know... I think it's a timed exclusive. What, what? I think it's a timed exclusive. Really? It, it's, uh, yeah... That's what I was reading morning. 
that it's not a permanent exclusive. Oh, that makes yeah, more here, sense. Uh, uh, it has a it has a uh, duration. Phil Spencer said. Oh, okay. So it's a timed exclusive, which means that you're going to get the super hyper fighting championship turbo edition special <laughs> collector set for the PlayStation Four. In a, in six months or a year. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I think that's that's more reasonable than it being an exclusive altogether. But yeah, we'll see. Not sure if Sony fanboys are happy either way. But let's see. Yeah, it's better than nothing, and it's the hyper super exclusive uh, version. So awesome. And yeah, and uh, this is the first on Radio Sega. Donnie is a playable character on uh, the PS4 version of Tomb Raider, of Rise of the Tomb Raider. So yeah, uh, he's a, a playable character, exclusive playable character in the PS4 version. Donnie. Yeah, so we, we have Donnie. Maybe not, but yeah. Anyway, it's time to move on and uh, talk about um, this week's uh, theme the Mega Drive, the Genesis 25th Anniversary. So, first off, let's uh, ask Ken to introduce yourself, uh, introduce yourself to us, to our listeners. So, who are you and why are you here? Uh, well, my name is Ken Horowitz and I run Sega16.com, the world's premier Genesis website. Uh, I'm a college English professor by trade. And uh, the Genesis has been a passion of mine since I got mine in August of 1990. So 25 years later, and I'm more into it now than ever before. Awesome. So any chance that I can get to talk about it and share uh, memories and all the great games available on the system, I'm up for it, always. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, and uh, Sega16.com, if you guys don't know, uh, is really um, an excellent uh, website with uh, an excellent resource for, um, or a uh, source, actually, for uh, Genesis stuff. Reviews, features, uh, it's awesome. It's really um, a complete website, so if you guys haven't checked it out yet, don't forget to do it. Um, are you alone on the team? I know you're not, but want to tell us who's working with you on the website? Well, we're mostly contributor-based. Uh, mm -hmm. We have a part-time staff. Um, some of our members, we have a couple of European members. Um, Sebastian Sponsel, who's Fantar on our forums. He's been with us for a long, long time. Uh, contributes all sorts of articles on a regular basis. Uh, Sebastian... Um, Sebastian has been around for, for quite a while and he's really helped us a lot. Um, there's Zeeb from the forum uh, who doesn't write as much with us uh, for us anymore because he works for a little company called Watermelon, which oh. released uh, a game that you might know called Pure Solar. Exactly. Came out a couple of years ago and they're currently working on another Genesis game. So, um, and we have a couple other contributors, Tom Briggs and a few others, but we're mostly contributor based. Um, You know, people have games or that they want to review or article ideas that they would like to uh, submit. And um, we help them with them if they get them, if they want to interview somebody, if they want to 
uh, contribute to one of our feature series. We help them with the formatting and the proofreading. And um, that's uh, basically where we get a lot of our content, aside from also what I write. And uh, it's worked for us for 10 years. This uh, past June, we celebrated our 10th anniversary. Yeah, so congratulations on that as well. So it's uh, that was the reason why I... Um Ask you to be on the show because not only do we celebrate the 25th anniversary of the Genesis, but we can also celebrate uh, the 10th anniversary of Sega16.com. So it's a, a good way to uh, do both things on the Sega Lounge. Yeah, well, yeah. So uh, I think it's now time to make a quick break, a music break. Uh, of course, if you have been listening to the Sega Lounge before, you know that our guests pick the music that gets played on the show. So tonight we asked Ken to pick some Sega songs or Sega-related songs to be played on the show. He picked a few awesome tunes, I might add, and we'll start with uh, the first two he asked me to play on the show. The first one, Castlevania Bloodlines, or from Castlevania Bloodlines, Iron Blue Intention. And the second one from Midnight Resistance, which is a game I have never heard before. Uh, so you might have to enlighten me uh, after the break. So the track we'll be playing is Flood of Power. So this is the Sega Lounge. I'm KC. With me tonight we have Ken from Sega16.com. Don't go anywhere. Enjoy this music break. We'll be right back. is the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. Come on in and have a seat.
Welcome back everyone, you're listening to Radio Sega and this is the Sega Lounge. Uh, this week we're joined by an awesome guest, Ken Horwitz from uh, Sega16.com, our friend website, a community website dedicated to the Genesis. And we've played a few tracks, a couple of tracks that Ken picked for the show. We started with Iron Blue Intention from Castlevania Bloodlines and then we had Flood of Power from Midnight Resistance. As I was saying before the break i never heard of this game before so i think it's time can enlighten me uh what is midnight resistance well midnight resistance is a run and gun game by data east originally in the arcades and it was reprogrammed by sega 1990 or 91 and uh it's very much the same style of game as contra But mm -hmm. uh, it, the, the game distinguishes itself, in my opinion, for having extremely large sprites in many cases and for scrolling. Stages don't scroll for really any length of time in any one direction. They scroll up, down, left, right, all over the place. Lots of different environments, lots of great weapons, an incredible soundtrack. It has one of the best cartridge soundtracks from that era that you'll hear. And in, in an era where Nintendo fans were basking in the greatness that was Contra and Genesis fans had no real running guns, aside from Turrican, which is excellent, we got Midnight Resistance, which was a very, very good installment, a uh, very good entry into that genre on the Genesis until we got our own Contra. Contra exactly. Hardcore, which is one of the best in the series. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Agreed, agreed. So yeah, that's Midnight Resistance. Need to look it up and have a go at it if possible. Yeah. So we're back uh, and we're back to talking about uh, Sega16.com. So uh, interesting thing you said, and it's uh, on the website, uh, I think under about, about us, or yeah. I think that's what the tab is called on your website. Uh, you're an English uh, literature professor, right? Uh, linguistics. Linguistics, okay. So, mm -hmm. uh, how the hell does a, an English professor run a, a, a video game website? <laughs> well, uh, I've, been, I've been teaching English for about 18 years. And um, I really I love to read. I love to write. And I started out writing for other websites. I wrote for a couple of websites, uh, thenextlevel.com, gotnext.com. I wrote for a couple of magazines, uh, the now defunct, well, now digital, Hardcore Gamer, uh, Games, TM, I wrote for. And I enjoyed it so much that I, I, wanted to get I wanted to do something more specific. And I originally was thinking about doing a TurboGrafx website because I love the TurboGrafx as well. But... I wanted to focus specifically on one console because I knew that since I had no uh, internet skills in terms of coding, HTML, things like that, what I couldn't do in terms of presentation, I had to do in content. So I had to write about what I knew most about, and, and that was the Genesis because I've had it since the summer of 1990. And I've always had a Genesis, never got rid of it. I've always collected for it, so I wanted to do that. And also, in my profession, I do a lot of academic writing, a lot of research, a lot of academic publications. So I'm familiar with research and formatting, things like that. And that transferred very well 
to writing uh, about video games, especially since for the website, I like to write about um, the history behind certain games, like how games were developed. I like to interview people and doing all that research and, and, and putting all that information together isn't very different in, in, than informed than what you would do for an academic article. You still have to find sources, you have to synthesize the information, extract and synthesize the information, and then put it together in a coherent form that, that you know, is interesting to the reader. And so that transferred very well. And, and I figured, well, I have the best of both worlds here. I have my peanut butter and my chocolate. You know, <laughs> I have all the skills that I got from writing and from doing academic research. And I get to do all of that, but about my favorite video game console. So, you know, 10 years later, and my only uh, regret is that I haven't been able to do more. <laughs> interesting, interesting, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, how do you find the time to write for the website, though? <laughs> you must well, have a busy schedule with family yeah. and work. Yeah. Well, lately, um, between classes, I teach at two different universities. I'm finishing my uh, my doctoral dissertation. I have two small children, so I haven't been able to write as often uh, as I would like. But I always try to find time. To, to write something. And, uh, normally I might put out a review, get a, a draft or a review ready in a day or two. Now it might take me four or five days because I might not have as much time on each day to write, but I still make the, the effort to get the writing done. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I've been doing that helps keep content going is uh, I've been trying to keep the YouTube channel more active. I've uh, been recording videos, um, Small things, pick up videos and, and uh, things like that. But, you know, it allows me to continue to discuss the topic and they're not as time consuming um, in production and editing. They can be consuming, but in time in production, they're not as time consuming as um, doing research for an article. Yeah. Um, but hopefully by later, ne early next year, I should be done and I will have a lot more time to get back to what I like to do, which is these deep, comprehensive research articles on the history of games and uh, situations and things that happened during the era. Awesome, awesome, yeah. Uh, so for those who don't know the website, uh, what can people find when they go to sega16.com? Okay, well, on sega16.com, they're going to find uh, about 1,500 articles related to the Genesis. Currently, we have uh, around 720 Genesis games reviewed, and that includes uh, retail releases during the lifespan of the console, <clears throat> aftermarket releases like Pure Solar and Beggar Prince, um, reviews of games that were available for the, the uh, Sega modem service in Japan, but mm -hmm. were never released in the States. We have uh, virtually every 32X game reviewed, except for one, which is a... Uh, Brazilian version of I think Solar Strike is the name I keep getting the name of it of it and the Sega CD one but the, that's the only uh, 32X game that was never released outside of South America and until, and it's very rare it was released in limited numbers so that's why we don't have uh, a review of it yet mm -hmm. and we have uh, almost 200 uh, Sega CD reviews they'll also find almost 600 article features um, we have all kinds of features that cover the history of certain um, series uh, features that cover 
the design process of specific games, like how a game was conceived. Like we have articles on uh, Joe Montana football, uh, Disney's Aladdin, uh, Earthworm Jim that explain how the game was conceived and developed. Um, they'll also find almost 100 interviews with people uh, involved with the Genesis in all aspects. That's what I'm uh, most proud of on the website are our interviews. And uh, a lot of the people you hear in names today, a lot of names you hear today in, in, on the Internet uh, were first interviewed by Sega 16. I mean, uh, people like Tom Kalinske uh, and Al Nielsen, we were among the first to speak to them about these subjects. And uh, I was actually able, because of the work I've done at Sega 16, to help out with uh, a couple of uh, books that have come out and are coming out recently and that has given me great pride that the website was considered a source of uh, information that could be used for research because that's the reason I created the website in the first place. I wanted it to be a repository, an, ar an archive of information for people to use to find out more and educate themselves more about the console and I'm glad to see that that's actually happening. Awesome, awesome, yeah. And among, among the features you have You have something that uh, um, surpri surprised me because I didn't notice. Uh, you have uh, Mega Drive championships. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, especially, you have two articles about Portuguese Mega Drive championships. So, I'm a, I'm a Portuguese Mega Drive fan and I didn't mm -hmm. know people did championships, uh, they played Mega Drive games um, in Portugal. They had these tournaments, so I yeah. was surprised when I saw this, and uh, actually a bit proud of my Portuguese uh, fellows, fans, because uh, this is awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I want to take this time to mention that there was a Portuguese championship this year, and we were unfortunately unable to cover it. I was informed about it happening. But since I'm not there, I can't write the article about what's actually happening because I'm not there. And there was no one available to actually write up something for us to publish. Usually with the German championships, which we've covered for a number of years now, and the Portuguese ones, someone goes to the event or someone already at the event takes a couple of pictures and just writes up what happened, who won, you know, just a base, something short. Yep. And we I'll happily publish that. Any, any tournament... Anywhere around the world uh, that is being held, we will we will love to cover that. And I regret, I'm very sorry that we weren't able to cover this year's Portuguese championship. But there was one, and hopefully there will be one next year. And if there is one next year, I would very much like to cover it. Cool. Maybe I can attend <laughs> next year. I didn't even know this this things happen in Portugal. Uh... Well, the the German one is very very. Uh, Prominent. They even have. Uh, they're sponsored uh, by Sega Europe. Really? Sega Europe donates prizes. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's been going on for about eight years now. Yeah, I think the Portuguese one, uh, from what I was reading, uh, happens in the north part of the country. So that would be why I haven't yet heard about this, or okay. haven't heard before, uh, reading the, the article on your website. But yeah, this is really informative. So if you guys want. Uh, information on um, Mega Drive or Genesis games, events like the championships, tournaments, uh, don't forget to go to Sega16.com because it's really a, an interesting source of Mega Drive or Genesis information, yes. Um, and, 
And if yeah. you have inf- if you have events in your country that are Mega Drive related, for example, in I think it in Germany as well, or it, was it? It was in Germany, uh, the Summer of Sonic. Uh, I think it was uh, la- this year. I know they had it this year. Summer of Sonic in in the UK. Something similar to Summer of Sonic. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we covered it in 2010, which was in London, um, and that's something we would love to cover again. Oh, we covered yeah. it that year. We haven't been able to Sub- cover it Summer of Sonic is a, a UK event. This year it didn't happen. Yeah. Oh, it didn't happen this year. Nope. <laughs> Well, yeah, I was there um, last that's year. That's probably why we didn't cover it. <laughs> yeah, that's why you didn't cover it. <laughs> but uh, any, any event, any Sega Genesis event or Mega Drive event mm-hmm. anywhere around the world, go take some pictures, uh, write up your impressions, a basic uh, synopsis of what happened, you know, who placed first, second, third, whatever, and submit it to us, and we will cover it. We will publish it. We want people to know that there is an active community out there. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. So, how did the the idea for the website come? So, you thought about uh, doing a TurboGrafx-16 website, right? But yes. why the Sega Genesis? Originally, I, I planned it because I, I liked the TurboGrafx, and also because at the time there weren't any TurboGrafx uh, sites that were doing what I wanted to do. Uh, but I had a TurboGrafx, but I had very, very few games, and TurboGrafx games are very, very expensive. Exactly. <laughs> and they've only been getting more expensive. And I already had a large Genesis collection. I had about 200 games at the time. So I figured, well, you know, I already have a lot of games. I have Sega CD games. I have 32X games. I know a lot about this console since I've had it since it came out. So I might as well stick with that. I also went and looked at the other sites that were around at the time because I didn't want to go and do what they were doing. Because, for example, you have a website like we have Sega Age now. Um, Sega Age is a great complement to Sega 16, and Sega 16 is a great complement to Sega Age because they do things that we don't do, and we do things that they don't. And that's great because the community has multiple areas of their hobby covered. So mm-hmm. I don't consider uh, other websites like that to be competition. I consider them to be part of a family. For example, Sega Radio does something we don't do. You know, so that's Sega fans have a website that focuses on their music. They have a website that focuses on reviews and interviews. They have a focus that's uh, a, foc- a website that focuses on hobbies uh, and the collecting part of the mm-hmm. hobby, buying and the selling. So they have all their areas of their hobby covered, and that's great. So I decided, well, I'm going to go with the Sega Genesis because that's what I knew best, and and also because that's what I like to write about. And um, my strength, I mean, I can't sing, I can't dance, but I think I can write, at least decently. <laughs> so I figured I'll go with that. It's the one thing I know how to do in this world, So um, besides eat. So <laughs> I figured I'll go with that. And, um, and the website, I've always had that focus. One thing I read... Uh, when I was going to start the website, I read an article that talked about how most fan sites don't last longer than six months because they oh. either the person starts it because they're just really excited and they just want to do it at the moment and then they lose interest or because the website doesn't have focus and then they just don't know where to go with it. Hmm. And so I knew I had interest, but I wanted to establish the focus because I wanted to see the website around in a year two years, three years. And that's why I decided, well, no other websites writing reviews, doing interviews, writing features on a regular basis and dedicating themselves to that. So that's what we're going to do. That's going to be our little corner of the Sega Genesis community. Interesting. Interesting. 
on a different note, uh, maybe we need to start SegaFood.com. Because <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> or even Sega Dance. Why not? Why not? People, why not? <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, awesome. Awesome that you uh, decided to go ahead with this project. Um, one thing I, I, I actually, you, you mentioned before, was the, the, th the, the fact that you contributed to um, Mega Drive books and, and stuff. Uh, can you give us some examples of um, publications that you've contributed to? I imagine the, um, the upcoming Collected Works uh, book uh, is something you've contributed to. No, I did an interview uh, with the author for that of that book, mm -hmm. um, and um, he used the website. As well as uh, he's a website for, for, for information and for finding uh, uh, people, you know, for interviewing, for getting a little bit more background. Um, because a lot of the people, that's one thing I like about the interviews is that a lot of the people we interview either haven't been interviewed anywhere else or the, the interviews are very simple or very short. And I like yeah. to try and ask at least 10 questions if it can. And if it can be an interview done by phone. That's even better because then the the interview can be even more in depth uh, because I want them to get as much information from the person because every when I interview a person, I look at it like, okay, I've got this person. I'll probably never be able to speak to them again. <laughs> Let me get every possible ounce of information I can get from them now. Um, some of them like Michael Katz and, and uh, Al Nielsen, I've been able to contact repeatedly. Mike Latham um, have helped me with multiple articles. Um, uh, I chat with them and I contact them via email and they've helped me a lot. David Perry, they've helped me with other articles after the interview. They've actually, you know, I've friended them on Facebook so I can contact them regularly. And that has really opened the door for more features that um, I didn't think I would ever have the chance to do. Mm -hmm. um, Blake Harris, the, the book, the console war book that came yeah. out in May. Um, I spoke to him while he was writing the book and he uh, told me that he had used Sega 16 for uh, our interview section as well, for more information on people that he, that when he spoke to Tom Kalinske, people that he mentioned, he wanted to know a little bit more about them, other people that he should uh, uh, speak to. And so um, I don't, I didn't directly contribute to, to his book, but he admitted to me that he had used the website as a starting point for his research. Um, and that, that made me happy because that's why I started the website. I wanted people to use Sega 16 as kind of an archive. And uh, that's something I hope to continue to do in the future. I would very much like people to keep writing these books. I would have loved to have written one of those books if I had had the time, <laughs> but I did. That's the way it worked out, but I'm glad somebody did. I mean, I, I'm happy the books are out there. You know, anything yeah. that could be done to get people to know The amazing story uh, of this console is, and it makes me happy. So, any way I can contribute and help to that, I'm I'm happy to do so. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I mentioned the the collected works uh, book because we'll be having the author on the show uh, in a few weeks. So, awesome. yeah, and I I think I've seen a, a mention uh, to Sega 16 somewhere, um, maybe on Twitter or the Facebook page. Not sure, but. I think I saw a mention to your website, so that was uh, why, why I thought you had something to do with that, uh, you had contributed oh, well, in I, some I, form. I also 
I also kickstarted, I helped in the Kickstarter, so I'm eagerly awaiting my copy because yeah, same I want here. To, I want to. I'm going to pour through that book for weeks. Yeah, I really, really, really want to read it. Exactly. It seems exactly. like it's going to be an excellent, excellent addition yeah. uh, to the literature out there. Exactly. Exactly. Same here. Yeah, so back on on uh, on track with the interview. Uh, when you started the website, uh, were you aware that there was um, as big as a fan base of the the Genesis as the, as it were, or did you, did you think you were one of the few that still enjoyed the the console? Because it was uh, 2004, right? Uh, mm -hmm. The console was 2004. long dead, <laughs> uh, if you will. So, did you think uh, you'd find many other Sega fans, um, uh, Genesis fans, or not so much? Well, I knew that, that, that there were fans out there, but I didn't think that there would be as many as there are. Mm -hmm. um, and that was because I was uh, under the impression that, you know, that there were... That I knew there were Sega fans out there, but I was under the impression that they weren't as active as, say, Nintendo fans. I mean, even to this day, if you go on YouTube and look at the amount of retro uh, channels out there, the overwhelming majority are, are Nintendo-based. Yeah. It's all Nintendo, you know, and there are very, very few Sega-related YouTube channels, and that's something that, you know, that, that I would like to, to help change. Um, there's a There are a couple of great Sega uh, YouTube channels out there. The Sega channel um, is a great one. Exactly. That's, a, that's very... <clears throat> That's very high production values. I don't have those production values because I don't have the skills. I mean, <laughs> I have very, very basic skills. You know, the guy uh, does videos for work, so for a living, oh. so... Well, yeah. I, I know a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, guys in, in this. For example, uh, if you've seen GameSack, mm -hmm. GameSack, uh, Joe Redifer, who's uh, a regular at Sega 16 and has written for us as well, great guy. Uh, he does that for a living as well. And, and it just that's great that they're able to transfer those professional skills To giving their shows um, those kind of production values, I wish yeah. I could do. When I have time, I would like to learn, but I at least want to at least do something. Even if I'm maybe not the 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 biggest gun in the arsenal, I at least want to be there, you know, contributing. So uh, that kind of thing is what you see all the time. You see Nintendo websites everywhere, and so you get the impression that there isn't a big Sega fan base. And over the years, I've seen I'm seen it grow. I've seen on the forums on our website. Uh, the way our forums have continued to thrive when other sites that covered uh, Sega consoles that covered more than just one console, their forums withered and died. They didn't have a community. And yet the Sega Genesis community on Sega 16 and the forum continues to grow and thrive. We had to open up a forum that discussed specifically discusses homebrew development because of all the homebrew projects that are uh, being worked on and coming out. And it's just amazing to see that everybody's actually uh, coming out and being more active. I like to think that we helped in that, not that we made anyone become more active, but at least that we gave them a place to go to be more active. Mm -hmm. and um, Or at least a, another option because there are other Sega options out there. But it, it's very nice to see that there is an active Sega community out there. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, yeah, about you just mentioned that, but um, what, I, I think sometimes uh, uh, the Sega community, especially the Sonic community, but but let's uh, talk about the Sega community. Sometimes uh, people start websites uh, to compete with each other, 
right? You already mentioned that wasn't your goal. You weren't. You didn't want to compete with other websites. You wanted to be a sort of a complement to other websites that were out there already, right? Do you think uh, the community mm -hmm. would benefit if we all worked together uh, to achieve the same goal, that is to inform people, to entertain people, Sega fans, Uh, if we did it more often because I, I'm actually uh, asking this when we have other people from the community on the show uh, for example Tyler from the Sega channel was on the show a couple of weeks before mm -hmm. before you uh, and we actually discussed that uh, do you think we would benefit if we actually cooperated more between ourselves instead of competing between ourselves I think so I think that um, there's room for everyone in the community, and I think that once you recognize that there are websites out there or people out there doing a particular thing and doing it very well, I think it, it's important. That, that's what I tried to do with Sega 16. I, I looked at other websites out there, and I saw that they were not only doing something that I considered doing already, but they were doing it very well. And I thought, well, for me to be able to do that, first I'm competing with them, and then it would take me very long just to reach the level they're at now. So rather than devote all that energy to try and even become a competitor, why don't I find something no one else is doing and, you know, and add another piece to that puzzle? And I think if everybody in the community uh, adopts that, that way of thinking, that mentality, that it makes the community a lot more cohesive <clears throat> And it makes the community a lot more pleasant. Um, Sega, the Sega community, from my experience overall, compared to the communities in other consoles, isn't as as aggressive or hostile in a lot of cases. I find them to be a lot more pleasant and easygoing. Um, of course, every forum's going to have its trolls, and every community is going to have uh, people who can be negative. But I think the Sega community overall um, gets along very well. I mean, in 10 years, I have never, ever had any drama whatsoever with any other Sega-related website. Sega Age, um, Sega8bit.com, or, or, or AlexKid.com, any of the other Sega-related websites, I have never had any drama. Because I don't, I don't want that kind of uh, thing on the forums, and I don't want that to be the, a part of, um, you know, to, to identify us in the community. I want um, our community to be one that uh, works together and that allows for everyone to find their place. And that's what I think is important. I mean, if you want to write, well, then come write for us. If you're, you're good at, at, at trading and, and finding protos and, 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 and uh, demos and things, well, head over to Sega Age. You know, if you want to be involved in music and things like that, talk to the guys at Sega Radio. Find someone who's already doing what you want to do and contribute there because if they're doing it and they're doing it well you know then be a part of that why go and start a rival there's no need for rivalry i mean we're not competing for ratings we're not competing for for sponsors you know there's really no reason to have this rivalry although if there's another website that wants to have reviews and features i don't have a problem with that yeah. um i'm content enough with our with the i'm happy with the amount of content and the quality of the content that we have and the the years of um that we've been around with our reputation that um i don't feel threatened if somebody else wants to start a website mm -hmm. that does something similar uh, 
So, yes, and, sometimes and it looks as if we, we're all making lots of money out of this. It's not just a hobby. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. Sega 16 costs me money every year. I've been lucky enough to have a, uh, a couple of people who have been, who have great, been gracious enough to donate. Uh, the very microphone I'm speaking to you on now uh, was paid for with website donations, and I was able to pay for the website hosting for two years, two years ago, and this year renew it for another two years with uh, the donations of, of members. But it's not a regular thing. And um, the hosting every month comes out of what we get from the ads and what I pay uh, out of my own pocket. And all the other expenses, when we have to update the forum software, when I had to buy, um, uh, I had to uh, update to WordPress and all that, that all came out of my pocket. So all the, 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 the expenses, and I pay them happily. I have never once gone and begged people you know for money um, never considered doing a kickstarter or anything for money you know i will run sega 16 out of my pocket as much as possible for as long as possible you know i would rather not have the community do anything but come in and enjoy the content i don't want them to come and be bombarded with uh petitions and things like that and but but the, the website doesn't generate any money it never has yeah it's the same for radio sega and we feel the same about Asking people for money, yeah, it's been the same for the past few years. Yeah, so, yeah, so uh, to to end this topic, yeah, I think you're absolutely absolutely right. We we need to start uh, collaborating more instead of competing with each other because that's where people will get the more benefit from if we all get along and collaborate. Uh, you mentioned uh, homebrew games. Uh, what's your take on that? Do you think um, is it really helping uh, the community, the, the the Genesis community, that the, the homebrew scene is is as big as it, as it is today? Well, um, homebrew games, I think, are something that may not be bringing people who have never heard of the Sega Genesis. I mean, they bring them in. They do bring people who have never heard of the console in to actually play the console and, and actually try out the games. But I don't think that it's, they're bringing in masses of people. I think those, those games are first and foremost for people who already own the console and want new content on the machine. But the, gener the, the level of, of publicity that they generate. For example, when Beggar Prince came out in 2006, that generated a lot of publicity because there weren't really any commercially released games for the Genesis, you know, aftermarket releases. That was the first. When Pure Solar came out in 2010, I believe, um, that generated a lot of hype because that wasn't, I mean, Beggar Prince and the three games by Super Fighter Team, Beggar Prince, Legend of Wukong, and Star Odyssey were, uh, ports of games that came out in the first two came out only in Taiwan and the last one came out in Japan they were translated bug fixed improved cleaned up and then localized but pure solar was the first one built from the ground up made specifically for the genesis so that generated a lot of of buzz so i'm sure that there were a lot of gamers who thought gee what's this new games on the genesis oh and you know and also the price of games at the time compared to TurboGrafx, Nintendo, things like that, probably were made it a little bit more attractive. Mm -hmm. Now the prices are starting to creep up, so I don't know how much of the general public is um, looking forward to Project Y from, from Watermelon or the next Super Fighter Team release or, or whatever game is coming up next. 
but um I do think that the fact that there's a community is going to maintain people already at the, the, the fact that there are a continue there's a continuous stream of games coming out is going to maintain the community active and people within the community are going to share that love with people who perhaps aren't in it and bring them in so while we might not get this massive rush of people like with Nintendo that you see people who are 10 years old, 11 years old, and they're talking about NES games and Super Nintendo games because Nintendo still makes hardware. There's still a name that everybody sees everywhere. Yeah. You don't see that with Sega because Sega hasn't made hardware in 14 years, but you're going to continue to see at least a stable level of interest. And that's something that um, I think for a console that a machine that uh, a company hasn't made a machine and console in 14 years, I think is excellent that there's still that much love for this machine. You know, Genesis hasn't had a game, uh, it was discontinued in 97. Um, so the fact that you have a string of games released and still coming out, uh, I think that that's very, that bodes very well for the community. For the mm -hmm. future, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, uh, it's interesting how Watermelon Games has been picking up at even the, the previously developed titles uh, and mm -hmm. re-releasing them. Right? It's it's interesting. Yeah, uh, that's Super Fighter Team is uh, is a company that basically um, that's that's its stock and trade that's what it does mm -hmm. uh, the three games that it released were all uh, uh, are being localized or are released in other regions they have a couple of uh, of other games coming up we have uh, for example uh, watermelon is going to come out with uh, uh, it came from the desert which mm -hmm. is a game that uh, wasn't that was completed but wasn't commercially released because the publisher that was going to release it uh, basically stopped working on the Genesis stopped supporting it so the game was shelved uh, and this became um, this game was basically shelved for the last uh, 20 years and Cinemaware the company that actually developed it is working with Watermelon to give it a physical release clamshell case brand new cartridge full color manual and they're also uh, hoping to make improvements of the game with the game uh, into the game uh, adding new scenes and cutscenes and things like that so uh, that's that's something that hasn't been done before either uh, to have a company not just work with with Super Fighter Team they work with Super with Super Fighter Team the companies Game Tech work with Super Fighter Team to allow them to release the game but to actually work with a homebrew company to improve an existing game And, and, and that was never released anywhere and get it out to the public is incredible and I hope that that is the first of many games I would like to see other games like Rescue and uh, other Genesis titles that were finished Fido Dido that were finished but never actually got to see a commercial release It's, it would be good if we actually got those games into people's libraries and let them enjoy them as the developers intended yeah that'd be nice yeah Exactly. So, um, do you think this is a, a new wave of, of this? Or actually, this new wave of Sega Genesis games that are being released or released uh, by these companies will open up uh, 
the the the, the horizons of, of other people to or the eyes of other people to the Sega Genesis. You said that homebrew games aren't bringing that many new people to the Sega Genesis scene, but do you think this? Um, Newly published games, these officially released new games for the Genesis are going to bring uh, lots of new users to the, the console? Or is it just a niche thing right now? No, well, I, I think that it'll bring people, it just won't bring them in massive numbers. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because, uh, like I said, the fact that Sega hasn't been making hardware for 14 years has kind of, uh, for this generation, young generation now, They're not as, you know, they may have, they may know Sega, but they don't know Sega the way those who were gaming when Sega was actually making hardware do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be harder to get as many new people nowadays to be interested, I would think. They're going to be there. They're going to come, but I don't think they're going to come in as great numbers as you would see, for example, for, for uh, maybe a Nintendo uh, home game. An group. NES but game I or think something. What you, Yeah, yeah. I mean, an NES game generates, like, for example, a new NES homebrew comes out, and the Angry Video Game Nerds makes a video about it, and then, you know, three million people see the video. Yeah. You don't see that kind of uh, publicity or that kind of uh, response yet, I would think, for, mm -hmm. for Genesis games. But what you do see, what I have seen, is that there is a homebrew community that is, I think, active than a lot more of the than than the community and a lot more of these uh, consoles, uh, the Genesis community. There are many, many, many people working on games, uh, even if they're simple games. But the, they started out. I remember uh, you had games like Hangman and uh, maybe a point-and-click game here or there. And now I've seen some games, and I've helped out with a couple of homebrew titles that are actually, you know, they're not simple ports they're actually built on the genesis specifically for the genesis and they've got soundtracks and they've got you know a uh, very 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 they're very in-depth i mean you've got homebrew even on the 32x on the on the sega 16 forums we have people working on uh working chili willy he's working on bringing uh wolfenstein 3d really to the 32x and <laughs> that's awesome yeah, and 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 what What he's done so far is incredible, you know, absolutely incredible. So, um, yeah, I think that while we don't have the community in terms of the response yet, there is, in, in that massive response, there is something there because the amount of people involved in homebrew games for the Genesis has skyrocketed in the last five years or so. And yeah. um, I think games like Beggar Prince, Pure Solar, contributed greatly when they when people saw oh man you know i can make games for this and people are interested people actually would buy these but the, the even if the games are simple but but the fact that there are people actually working on genesis games in 2014 it just blows my mind exactly exactly makes me very happy yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think i think it's it's interesting how um both the genesis apparently the, the 32x as well and the dreamcast have been attracting lots of people working on homebrew games for the consoles mm -hmm. uh oh, the dreamcast has had quite a few yeah yeah exactly. games shooters really good ones mm -hmm. exactly exactly um watermelon games are actually um they did a, a publishing deal with um the Elysian shadows team for Elysian shadows Uh, which is a, a new mm -hmm. RPG that's... They, they have a, a Kickstarter project, actually. 
uh -huh. going on right now for that game. And they uh, they had a um, they did a, a publishing deal for the Dreamcast exclusively for the Dreamcast because they'll 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 be releasing the game of on the I think the PC the the Ouya they might release it for um, the Wii U, the PS3 and I think Xbox 360 depending on the Kickstarter results but the Dreamcast version is going to be published by Watermelon Games which is interesting uh, I think it's great that uh, Watermelon and other companies are uh, supporting these uh, indie developers that are still working on uh, consoles that uh, for uh, the general public are dead but still have a huge huge following and it's it's nice to see that happening okay so uh, i think it's time we do another quick music break and when we get back we're going to get uh, more personal uh, in the interview so we're going to ask ken some more questions about um, his earlier genesis days his collection and maybe we can share some of the memories uh, that we have from that console and the games. So now we're going to play another one of um, Ken's picks for tonight. Actually, we're going to play two songs. We're starting with uh, The Desert from Aladdin, which is one of my personal favorites. And uh, the second one will be, let's see, hmm, maybe this one from Earthworm Jim, another a personal favorite of mine, Buttville, The Descent. You're listening to the Sega Lounge, we'll be right back. Thank you. 
You're listening to the Sega Lounge with SSF 1991 Donnie. and KC only on Radio Sega. Welcome back everyone, you're listening to the SEGA Lounge and tonight we're joined by Ken Horowitz from SEGA16.com uh, Yeah, we just heard a couple of tracks that Ken picked for uh, tonight's show We had The Desert from Aladdin and from Earthworm Jim we had Butville The Descent Two games that I uh, really enjoy, enjoy very much uh, two of my personal favorites so i think it's time we get more personal in our interview so uh, one thing you said um earlier during the interview was that you uh, your first genesis you bought it or i don't know if you bought it or if it was a gift but in 1990 right how did that happen mm -hmm. uh i got it for my birthday my 16th birthday in mm -hmm. august of 1990 um At the, when the Genesis was released, I was debating getting a TurboGrafx-16 or getting a Sega Genesis. And uh, I had seen both, but I saw Altered Beast and it looked really good. But I also saw uh, TurboGrafx and that looked really good. And then I went to my friend's house. I had a friend named Willie who had a Sega Genesis and he was really, really into it. And he wanted me to buy one because, of course, At the time, you're you're in high school, you don't have money to buy games, so at the time what we did was rent and, mm. you know, trade or, or lend games to each other, so the more friends you had with your console, the more games you got to play. 
exactly. so he had the Genesis. His friend, our other friend, Lewis, had the Genesis. So, you know, he was trying to get me to buy the Genesis. And he showed me Rambo 3. And um, I like running guns because I like Contra and those types of games. But when I saw the boss battle, the first boss battle where Rambo fights the helicopter that was behind the back and, and, and it looked everything was big and it just it looked like nothing you you'd seen on a console before and that just blew my mind and i said i have to get a genesis i have to get a genesis so everybody went and um we all decided you know what games we were going to buy so that way we wouldn't end up every, someone buying the same game as another friend like if i'm going to buy this game you buy you don't buy it so that way i'll lend it to you you lend me yours and we each have more games to play but since i was so late to the party the only game that no one had picked was World Championship Soccer. And I said, well, fine, I don't care, I'll buy it. And <laughs> I actually put the game on layaway, you know, using my meager allowance. It took me about a month, month and a half to pay it off. And I had the game for about three months before I even got the Genesis. And so for my birthday, I went to visit my dad who lives in Texas and I brought the game with me. And my friend Willie's brother uh, gave me some money and asked me to buy him a game as well. And I said I'd do it on the condition that he let me open it and play it. And he said that was okay. So my dad took me to buy the Sega Genesis. And the thing is, my dad is the kind of person who always looks for the, the lowest price. So we went to nine different stores. <laughs> because the first store had it for $189.99. And he said that was too expensive. We, we'll find it on sale or cheaper. So we went to eight other stores. The first store we went to was Lionel Playworld. We went to eight different stores. No, sorry. Service Merchandise was the first store we went to. And we went to Lionel Playworld, Toys R Us. We went to all these other stores. And they were all the same price. And my father was really mad because he said that was price fixing. That was illegal. They can't all have the same price. <laughs> and I was telling him, but that's the manufacturer's suggested retail price. And he's, that's suggested. That doesn't mean they have to do it. But he finally gave in and we went back. Why we all went back to the first store, I don't know. But we went back to Service Merchandise, and he bought me the Sega Genesis. Uh, he didn't buy a game buy a game for me, because since I already had soccer, and since I was buying a game for my friend, so he said, well, you've got two other games to play. You don't need me to buy another one. And the next day, uh, I, that, I stayed up that night playing Altered Beast, and the next day, he went to work. I played through Altered Beast again, and then I played through the World Tournament in World Championship Soccer in one sitting. The whole thing from beginning to end, all the way in one sitting. And he called me and asked me how it, how it was. And I was just like, oh, this is awesome. This is great. This is the best gift you've ever given me. <laughs> and the other game that I bought for my friend's brother was Super Hang On. And because I played in the arcade and I love the arcade version. And it was on the list he gave me. It was the only game on the list he gave me that they had in stock. So I bought him that one. And I played the original mode in, in Super Hang On where you get to improve your bike and, and add things and modify it. And so even with... You look at it now, I mean, Altered Beast, World Championship Soccer, and Super Hang-On, those are three games that if you were to trade a Sega Genesis to somebody or offer it to them, they would, they would like, they'd ask you, like, you don't have anything else? You know, those, those <laughs> games wouldn't really be like, oh, wow, you know? But back in the day, I was in heaven with those three titles. I played them to death. Don't see some Super Hang-On, though, because it's one of my favorites of all time. <laughs> I like yeah. it, but <laughs> I have a habit of, game, of liking most games that people don't like. Like I love Super Highlight, and, and I basically have to say that I like it and then run away because 
people will throw <laughs> tomatoes and things at me. I don't know why I'm the only one who likes that game. <laughs> yeah, but but I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, I I don't think uh, to be honest. I I think I I love Super Hang On now, and. I don't think I've uh, enjoyed it until I don't know maybe four or five years after I got the game, because I I, I thought it was too hard at first. So yeah. I I think I might have just uh, turned off the console and went away. And actually, four or five years later, I think I picked it up again and tried it, and I loved it. To this day, it's one of my favorite Genesis games. So yeah. Uh, you were mentioning uh, you had a pretty big collection uh, back in 2004. Mm -hmm. How big is your collection of Genesis games right now? Uh, right now, uh, it's about it's almost 400 games. Um, um, I have them all in box. I only have two Japanese games and two American games that are missing their manuals. All the others have their manuals, and I think I have like maybe three games that are missing the maps. Like Fantasy Star 3 and mm -hmm. Pirates Gold are missing the map. But uh, they all have their boxes. I uh, won't buy a game if I can help it unless it's at least boxed. But um, I found a couple of, of loose carts that I've managed to, through trades and, and eBay, I've been able to find the inserts and the manuals and complete them. Um, but uh, that's, yeah, that's the collection that I have dedicated. Uh, the console that I dedicated most of my time to and most of my money to. <laughs> exactly. That's, well. That was my second question. How much money have you spent on your collection? <laughs> well, the, the thing is that I was lucky that I started collecting. I've always had a Genesis, but I never really had a stable Genesis collection until about 1999. <laughs> and sell both. I keep the console but I always had games coming and going until I just decided oh that's it I'm gonna build up a collection and not get rid of anything so when I started buying the Genesis games back they weren't really that expensive for example I got my copy of Musha off a website called McVan's video games for six dollars whoa you know um, and so I got these games most of them before they ballooned in price I did have to pay for uh a couple of titles I had to pay a uh, premium price for. I bought in 2002, I bought Panorama Cotton for $150. That's the most expensive Genesis game I had. The one, well, in What? terms of the one I paid the most money for. And that was in 2000, and well, that was before my daughter was born. So that was 2002. Yeah, so two, I paid $150 12 years ago. I don't even want to know, you know <laughs> what it's worth. If it's worth the same, then I might be disappointed because it hasn't gone up in value. And if it's gone up in value, then I'll be disappointed because uh, then it'd scare people off. Yeah. You know, I personally don't buy games to for the for the collection value. If they go up in price, they go up in price. If they don't, you know, I bought a sealed game, uh, Cobra Command, for Sega CD for twenty dollars off eBay, and the first thing I did when I got it was open it and play it. You know, because yeah, I buy exactly. my games to play. So um, I would like the games to be worth something, I guess. But but I would also I also wouldn't like them to be worth so much that people stay away from them. Like Battle Mania 2 on the Mega Drive is a game that when I wanted to really wanted to get it, and I had a couple of chances to get it for about 175 dollars, 125 dollars, and I didn't. And now I've seen it go on eBay for 350, 400 dollars. That's just insane. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> okay, so uh, a hard question. Of all those games, what is your favorite? Castle of Illusion. That was without, quick. <laughs> without any hesitation, <laughs> Castle of Illusion is far and away my favorite Sega Genesis game of all time. It's a game that I can still remember. I, it, it, it's, it's, it's a game that I can remember where I was, where I, I can even remember the clothes I was wearing when I played this game. I mean, they, it, was, it left that much of an impression on me. I remember where I was. I remember uh, what I was doing. I remember the circumstances, what I did that day when I went and got the game, when I came home and played it. And I just remember playing that game, popping it in my Genesis for the first time, and having a smile on my face from beginning to end. Cool. It was just, just it, it left that much of an impression. That awesome, is, awesome. I still play it regularly to this day. Far and away, it is my favorite Genesis game of all time. Nice. I have uh, a funny, uh, funny story, a similar story with World of Illusion. I remember mm. everything Great about game. the day I got World of Illusion. <laughs> it's That's it's one of my favorites. Too. Not my favorite, but it's one of my favorites as well. Yeah. I thought this was was going to be a five minute answer or something. It usually is. <laughs> it's not fair. It's not fair. But yeah, <laughs> no, I have, there are lots of games that I love, but that is to me the number one. Interesting. That's the top of yeah. the list. Yeah. Okay. So another question: uh, Have you played any fan hacks? Um, I've played a couple, but I don't really. Uh, I haven't really gotten into them. Uh, I know okay. that there are a lot of Sonic hacks. I mean, there. Are, I could probably spend months just playing through the Sonic hacks exactly. that are out there. Um, <laughs> But I haven't really uh, gotten the chance to play those types. Uh, there are a couple, like on the Sega 16 forum, we have a member who is going through Genesis games and reworking the color palettes to make them uh, either closer to the arcade or uh, uh, or better suited to to the backgrounds. Uh, Pyron's his name, if I'm not mistaken. No, my bad. I think it's Gabriel. Gabriel is his name. Hi, Gabriel. Uh, and like for Street Fighter 2, Final Fight CD, Golden Axe, he's gone into the ROM and, and reworked the colors to make them more authentic or fit better. And that kind of hack I play because it enhances uh, the, the, the game. It, it, it doesn't alter it in the sense that you look at it and say, oh, this is something different. Somebody was playing around with this, but it enhances what's already there. And that kind of uh, I play, that kind of hack I've played. But I haven't played uh, a lot of that. Like I know there's a hack for like to use. I think it's Sonic in Streets of Rage 3 or something like that. I haven't gotten around to playing those. Sonic in Streets of Rage 3. That's Streets, uh... Streets of Rage 3 or Streets of Rage 2. I know you can play a Sonic. He doesn't have a lot of moves, <laughs> but it's weird oh, seeing him just beat up bad guy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you what was your uh, what was the worst fan hack you've ever played, but since you don't actually played that much uh, that many fan hacks yeah uh, there, there's one um, I don't remember how it's, how it's called but it's um, I think it's Sonic 4 or something maybe or Sonic 5 not sure mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, Sonic in, in Mario so it's it's really awful oh. <laughs> yeah it's really awful though <laughs> but well, I'd say like the Super Mario uh, Brothers and the Super Mario Um, 
on the Genesis, which is really like they took Mario graphics and they mixed it with like Rescue Rangers gameplay and put it on the Genesis <laughs> and looked really weird. Yeah, it's it's similar. <laughs> it's that bad. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you've talked about your favorite game. How about your best memories, your fondest memories of playing Genesis and Genesis games? Uh, and by the way, if you, uh, you are listening to, to the show, uh, it's not live, but you can share your favorite memories of uh, the Sega Genesis or the Mega Drive uh, in the IRC chat room. Just go to irc.surrealchat.net, that's our server, and access hash radio sega that's the chat room and don't forget to share your uh, experiences with the rest of the people listening or you can mention at radio sega on twitter or use the hashtag the sega lounge and we'll retweet and uh, talk to you on twitter about your experiences with um, the console i'll share mine in a bit but first can your favorites, your most fond memories of of uh, the Genesis. My first, my most fond memory. Wow, um, I have a lot, a lot of good memories of uh, playing the Sega Genesis. I think one of my most fondest memories, one of my, my one of the fondest memories I have of playing the Genesis, is uh, when my friend Miguel bought Wonder Boy in Monster World. Uh, we sent for it uh, from an import store. It hadn't come out in the United States first. It, it hadn't come out yet, so he bought the, the Japanese version, which came out first. And we stayed up all night playing that game. We took turns. I remember uh, one of us held the controller and played, while the other one had a box of cereal, because that's what we ate. We just opened a box of, I think it was Kaboom cereal, and just took turns eating cereal and trying to stay awake. <laughs> and then the game, he, when he bought the game, it came with photocopies of instructions on how to beat the Sphinx, because the Sphinx in Wonder Boy asks you questions. And the game's in Japanese. So he gives me the controller, and we get to the Sphinx, and he tells me, don't do anything until I find the paper. And when he, he's looking for the paper, and he's searching, he can't remember where he put it, and I got tired of waiting, and I just started mashing the C button. I just pressed the C button over and over and over and over and over again, and and he heard it go do 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 do, and he turned around and he's he's like, "What did you do? What did you do?" No. And it turned out that I I had answered every single question correctly, <laughs> and we passed it. And so we stayed up all night. I think I left his house at like 10:30 the next day, but we beat the entire game in one sitting in <laughs> Japanese, and that was nice. I mean back then you got a game. An import game. The fact that it was in Japanese didn't matter. The fact that the password was insanely long and in Japanese didn't matter. The fact that you didn't know what the hell you were doing didn't matter. You know, <laughs> it was a new game and you were playing it long before everybody else would because it hadn't come out yet in the states. So that just pushed us on. That just drove us on, and and we played through the whole game in one sitting. And and that just stands out because I'll never forget the cereal box. And, and him freaking out when he saw that I had pressed all the button, just pressed the button all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. So now I'll share a word of mine. Um, I got my, my Mega Drive, uh, I think it was yeah, uh, right before Christmas 1991. Uh, and the first game that I played, it came with Sonic 1 and 
the Mega Games collection that had um, World Cup Italia 90 soccer game. I think it's the same as uh, World Championship Soccer in the US. I think it's the same okay. game. Uh, it had Columns and uh, Super Hang On. So the first game that I played was Sonic 1, obviously, and it blew my mind because mm-hmm. it was n- nothing like anything I had ever played before. So, um, and, and to this day, it's one of my fondest memories of, of the Genesis. Even the box, I remember the box and all the little squares with uh, screenshots of different games on the back of the, the box of the Genesis. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing, yeah. And the, the black box with the, the stripes, and yeah, it's really amazing. So I think even getting the console and seeing the box for the first time is one of the of my fondest memories uh, of of it to this day. So you're next. Any other memory you'd like to share? Um, I have more. Well, there's so, there's so <laughs> many. There's so many. I'm I'm remembering when Batman first came out for the Genesis. Um, that was a game that was supposed to come out and was delayed, I believe. And then there was a promotion that if you bought, I think, two Sega Genesis games and mailed in the receipt and the UPC symbol to Sega, you got to pick a free game from the list. And by the time this offer came out, the only game on the list no one had played from my circle of friends was Batman. So everyone went and and participated in this offer and everyone bought Batman or picked Batman <laughs> and uh, we were all so excited and then we were, all, we were all every day we'd run home and check the mailbox to see if our copy because we all wanted to be the first one to play it so we can you know brag about it to our friends and I think like out of five of us three of us got our copy on the same day <laughs> And then the other two got their copy like in the next day or two. So by the time we all got around to seeing each other, all of us had the game. So there was nothing to brag about. We had all anticipated it because we wanted to have it. It was delayed. Oh, we're going to get it through the offer and I'll have it before you. I'm going to have it first. No, I'm going to have it first. And then we all got it at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. (laughs) One of my... um... This isn't actually a good memory, but I remember getting um, two games at the same time one day, a gift from my dad, uh, Captain Planet and uh, Superman for the the Mac Drive. And I remember, whoa, Captain Planet and Superman. And then I sit down and uh, played those games and I was like, what the hell is this? This is so bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah. yeah, but actually, I completed both games, um, not in one sitting. I'm not crazy, just like you. But uh, I, I it took me a few days, especially Captain Planet. <laughs> oh, well, back that game. Back then, you finished them because you didn't have exactly, you know, exactly. You didn't, have, like, you didn't have, you didn't have safe states or something. I remember when we got my when Dick Tracy came out. I rented it. And we went to my friend's house. We were all there and we were going to play it. And nobody wanted to play it. They made me play it. And then I wanted to shut it off, but I kept playing it and I kept passing the stages. And they kept telling me, no, you're not going to shut it off. You got to keep playing. And I kept going and going. And I'm like, Kim, please let me stop. I don't want to play this game anymore. I hate this game. Let me shut it off. No, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. And we got to the last stage 
and no, you, we want to see the ending. We got, we have to see the ending. You can't quit now. And then I beat the game, and the end scene is the newsboy holding the same screen of the newsboy holding the newspaper at the beginning, but at, it just the message on the newspaper is different. The headline is different, <laughs> but it's the same thing. It's like I was tortured for hours playing that piece of crap to see the same screen I saw at the beginning. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't even remember how those games end. I, I actually remember Captain Planet pretty good because I played it over and over again because I hadn't anything else that was new to play at the time. So I, I thought to myself, I, I have to play this. So you had to play as each of the Planeteers first, then you unlocked Captain Planet, and the final stage was crap, because you just had to uh, kill the, all the bosses from the game, I think, uh, using Captain Planet, and he was uh, almost unplayable, because, I don't know, I, I can't even remember that well, but it was... Uh, so awful, so awful. It was it really isn't one of my fondest memories, but it's one of the things I remember when I think about the Genesis. So, yeah, one of the fondest memories, uh, since you mentioned Castle of Illusion, is actually World of Illusion. I remember the the exact day I got the game. I remember seeing some screenshots uh, in a magazine. Uh, a Sega magazine that was released in Portugal at the time um, saying I want this game uh, my dad took me to the store we tried to find the game we couldn't uh, we asked the, the, the clerk and he got us the game and I, um, I I remember I started playing uh, with my dad we played co-op it was awesome blew my mind uh, to this day one of my favorite Genesis games And I really love to uh, actually, uh, from time to time, play uh, play the, the, the co-op mode. I always play as Donald Duck. Yeah. Well, I like in that game that, that Mickey has stages that you can't play as Donald. And Donald has stages I think you can't play as Mickey. And then there are stages mm -hmm. that you have to play together to see them. Yeah, 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 exactly. If you that, That's great because that adds replay value. Exactly, replay value. exactly. Yeah. If you, you see different stuff if you play as different characters and if you play together as well. I like the, the co-op. It's one of the uh, best uses of co-op I've ever seen, I think, in a video game. Because uh, the, the fact that if you want to reach um, a ledge, you need to climb on top of the other character or uh, you're stuck. And so... Uh, Mickey throws a, a rope at Donald or something. That's awesome. It, 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 it's nothing right now, but <laughs> nowadays, but it blew my mind back in the day. Awesome, awesome memory of, of the Genesis. Any other memory you'd like to share? Um, well, we should, so we should be doing this live mind. because th this really ruins the interaction with the public, but with the audience. But yeah, so if you're listening to the show, We're not live, of course, but you can share your favorite memories of, of the Genesis. Don't forget that. Anything else, Ken? <laughs> no, I'm just uh, happy to be able to share uh, my experiences and my memories with, with this wonderful console. I'm glad that you... Uh, We're willing to, to let me sit here and rant for a while about it. <laughs> awesome, awesome. It's been awesome. But uh, you're not off the hook 
yet because uh, we have a tradition here at Sega Lounge. So if you don't have any more memories you'd like to share, I regret to inform you that it's time for the Sega Lounge Challenge. Uh -huh. Yes, because every week we have a different guest and uh, the guest has to go through a, a challenge of sorts. It's always something different. Uh, and this week I thought, well, I'm talking to um, a specialist, right? Your, our resident uh, Genesis specialist. So why not a Sega Genesis quiz? This isn't uh, anything too difficult because these are all games that are featured uh, in Sega16.com. So you should know all of this by heart. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not <laughs> so we have 10 questions uh, okay. and each question uh, these are, are multiple choice questions so you, if you want to wait for the, the options you can um, and choose wisely ok, are you ready? yeah sure, sure. <laughs> ok, let's see so Let's start the Sega Lounge Challenge with Ken Horowitz from Sega16.com. Question number one. The 1992 classic, it's a classic, Rolo to the Rescue, tells the story of an elephant that was taken from his mother and forced to perform at a circus. What is the name of the circus? Option A. McDonald's Option B McSmiley's Option C McGrumpy's Hmm Go to the rescue Oh boy uh, What are the options again? McDonald's, McSmiley's or McGrumpy's McDonald's, 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 McSmiley's, or McGrumpy's. Oh boy, uh, McSmiley's, I think it is, isn't it? Is that your final answer? McSmiley's. Yeah, yeah, McSmiley's. Hmm. <laughs> Yes, it's the correct answer. I was trying to play a sound effect, but for some reason it didn't play. So I haven't played that game in a while. Yeah, though. but it, I knew it was a McDonald's because that's hamburger. This awkward silence was me trying to play a sound effect. Yes, I'll add it later too. So if you're listening to this on Radio Sega, uh, it's all good. It's all good. The sound effect just played. Yes, and he was correct. It's McSmiley's. McSmiley's. Rolo to the rescue. What a classic. Uh, Question number two. This 1994 gem released for the Genesis, Sega CD and Super Nintendo stars a skateboarding, fire-breathing T-Rex who's on a quest to save his girlfriend. What is the title of the game? Option A. Radical Rex. Option B. Baby T-Rex. Option C. Revolution Rex. That's Radical Rex. Indeed it is! Yay! That's the correct answer. Actually, Baby T-Rex was the game's original title during production. 
I found that. I'm glad they changed it. <laughs> yes, Baby T-Rex was a crappy name. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So, yay. Um, you need to get at least six correct answers, right? Six okay. out of ten. I think it's fair. So, question number three. Gadget Twins is a cute em up uh, for the Genesis. A shoot em up with cute stuff. In it, you play as twin airplanes Bop and Bump. Which color are they? Option A. Bump is red, Bop is green. Option B. Bop is red, Bump is green. Option C. Bop is red, Bump is blue. I like to make oh boy. things hard. Do you want to listen to the options again? Yes, please. Okay, so option A, bump is red, bop is green. B, bop is red, bump is green. Or C, bop is red, bump is blue. Um, oh boy, you got me there. <laughs> um, option A. So option A, bump is red, bop is green. Is that your final answer? Uh, yeah, I don't think I know that one. <laughs> it's not option A. I'm sorry. Uh, this was really hard. Uh, Bob is red and Bump is blue. Oh. Yeah, there was no green airplane. I think the green airplane oh, was the one right. that stole the, the jam or something they had to recover. So yeah, it, this one was a tricky question. Not so tricky, but tricky. So option C was the correct answer. Bop is red and bump is blue. blue. I'm the only person in the world that remembers <laughs> to ask these kinds of questions. Question number four. <laughs> from the start of the game, still on uh, Gadget Twins, by the way. So from the start of the game, Bop and Bump are equipped with a single weapon. Which one? Option A, yo-yos. Option B, spring-loaded fists. Or option C, hammers. So that's a spring-loaded fists, I believe. Hmm. Final answer. Hmm. Spring-loaded fists. Yeah, I think it's spring-loaded fists. It is spring-loaded fists. Exactly. Congrats. It's the correct answer. So you make yeah. them punch in different directions. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, up, down, left, or right. So that's three out of four questions, uh, answers, correct answers. So number five. Are you ready? This is an interesting one. Which Genesis classic featured the boss fight in a nightclub? Option A, Revenge of Shinobi. Option B, Sonic and Knuckles. Or option C, Strider. Revenge of Shinobi. Exactly. Yay, that's the correct one. What, what? That's the, the one with the Disco Ninja. Yeah, the yellow one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Question six. Which 1992 game, based on a comic book universe, has you playing as Ackroyd and Shannon and fighting Lord Sluggo? Hmm? Option A. 
Spider-Man and the X-Men in Arcade's Revenge. Option B, Donnie Mouse in Castle of Illusion, which is obviously the correct answer. And option C, X-Mutants. X-Mutants, uh, option C. Are you sure? Uh, pretty sure, I guess. Final answer. Uh-huh. And it's the correct one. Exactly. Option C, X-Mutants. It's the correct answer to this one. So, five out of six possible correct answers. That, that's an under... That's an underrated game, X-Mutants. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. <clears throat> we Someone asked us to add this uh, soundtrack to the, the Radio Sega playlist. So I'll need to go and search for it. And I actually never played this game. The only reason I used this on a question was because I was, I was browsing through your reviews on, on your website and saw X-Mutants. And so, oh, how about this one? Yes, number seven, question number seven. Which of these Japan exclusive games was made by Pokemon developer Game Freak? Option A, Twinkle Tail. Option B, Monster World 4. Option C, Pulse Man. Pulse Man. Final answer. Yes. And it is indeed Pulseman, yes. Not many people know this, but uh, Game Freak actually developed uh, Pulseman. Awesome game, never uh, released outside of Japan. As usual. It's a sequel. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, uh, question 8. Question, so you've got 6 correct answers. You're off the hook, but let's finish this. Question 8. Golden X 3, a Japan exclusive title released in 1993, Let's you play as one of, a, of four different characters. Kane Grinder, Sarah Byrne, Proud Cragger, and who else? Option A. So, four characters. Kane Grinder, Sarah Byrne, Proud Cragger, and one other. Who else? Option A. Gilius Thunderhead. Option B. Cronus Late. Option C. Rue the Kangaroo. Tricky question. Gilius Thunderhead, I believe. Mm -hmm. Is that your final answer? Wait, what were the options again? A. Gilius Gil Thunderhead, B. Cronus uh -huh. Slate, or C. Rue the Kangaroo. Oh no 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 no! Gilius, you couldn't you didn't play as Gilius in that one. He was just he was like in the background or something. That, that's that's Cronus. Cronus Slate, yeah. So that is He's your the, final the, the, answer. The Puma guy. <laughs> he was the Cat Man, the, the the Puma guy. Exactly, That's, that is the correct answer, so yay! Gilius was actually uh, some sort of a, a mentor or, or something. Yeah, you, you couldn't yeah. actually play, he appears, but you couldn't use him. Yeah, exactly. Me sad. And Rude the Kangaroo is from Streets of Rage 2, I think. I think so. 2 or 3, yeah. I think it's 2. Yes, so Kronos, exactly, is the fourth character. Question number 9. This one is a hard one, I think. Which acclaim-developed Simpsons game lets you play as Dinosaur Bart, Baby Bart, and Pig Bart? Okay. Option A. Virtual Bart. Option B. 
Bart vs. the Space Mutants? Or option C, Bart's Nightmare? Bart's Nightmare. Is that your final answer? Uh, yeah, pretty sure it's Bart's Nightmare. I haven't played those Bart's game, those Simpsons game in a long time. But I'm pretty sure it's Bart's Nightmare. It is not, unfortunately. No, no, it's virtual Bart. <laughs> It's, it's virtual Bart, is that exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yes, so this one, virtual Bart. You play as Dinosaur Bart, Baby Bart, and Pig Bart. Simpsons games, no, no. <laughs> Final question. One of the most memorable moments of Sonic the Hedgehog 3 is the final boss fight against Dr. Robotnik. As shown in the 3DS version of Sonic Generations, have you played this one? The no. 3DS version of Sonic Generations? No. Okay. No, I haven't played that. As shown in this version of Sonic Generations, what was the name of Eggman's contraption in that fight? That last boss of Sonic 3? Option A. Giant arms. Option B. Relatively large arms. Or option C. Big arms. Hmm. So giant arms, relatively large arms, <laughs> or big arms? <laughs> um, I would have to go with option A. Giant arms. Giant arms. So that's your final answer. Uh, yeah, because uh, the the relatively large arms. Sure, it's not relatively arms. large arms. Mm hmm. So, uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Where is it? Well, this is Sonic Three. Sonic Three, exactly. Okay. No, that's Big Arms. Is it? That's Big Arms. Is big it? Big Arms. Yeah, I remember that because I because the name sounded really dumb, <laughs> and I thought that Giant Arms or something. Well, the Giant Arms sounds better, but but Big Arms sounded like. Really like like they didn't know what to call it. <laughs> so they just maybe said, oh, maybe big. relatively large arms, perhaps. <laughs> hmm? No, abnormally large appendages. Or something like that. <laughs> and it's correct. It's big arms, exactly. Boss <laughs> name. Oh my god, it's big arms. That big does arms. Not scare me at all. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, so that's eight out of ten possible correct answers. I think you're you're off the hook. So. I think you've got the Sega Lounge seal of approval, and you can continue Yay. on with your endeavors in making Sega16.com uh, one of the best, if not the best, sources of uh, Genesis info on the interwebs. Uh, congratulations on that. Um, and Do I get a patch? I want a patch. Yeah, you, we need to. We need to get the the golden seal, saying uh, the Sega Lounge seal of approval. Instead of Sega Seal of Quality or something, we need to get that and send the, send the, those two people who who pass our challenge. Maybe one day we need to start a Kickstarter for that. <laughs> Help us fund the Sega Launch Seal of Approval or something. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. But yes, so uh, that was our Sega Lounge challenge. Uh, I just remember one more thing, one more memory related to um, oh, to okay. the Genesis, and that was the last boss 
uh, of, of Sonic 2. I, it took me ages to uh, beat the, the final boss, which according to Sonic Generations is called Death Egg Robot. So, mm. yeah, it took me, I think it was, um, I remember playing the game in one sitting, of course, because we didn't have any save states or passwords for Sonic 2, and it was like 10 p.m. when I uh, got to the final boss, and I think I had probably 40, 50, I don't know, lives. Uh, and I beat the boss at about 1 a.m. probably with seven lives left. So, wow. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and it was really something. Uh, nowadays it's one of the easiest boss fights ever, but at the time I think it was the hardest thing ever. Yeah, so that was one other memory of mine from the Mega Drive days. Well, uh, I think we're about done with the interview with Ken Horwitz. It's been a pleasure to have you on the Sega Lounge. I apologize for here. my voice and for my <coughs> randomness because I'm still uh, quite jet, jet lagged. <laughs> uh, but uh, would you like to um, tell everyone how they can find you on Twitter, Facebook, on the, the interwebs, how they can access uh, Sega 16? Sure. Uh, we're www.sega-16.com. That's the website where you'll see uh, all of our reviews, features, interviews. You also can see us on Facebook. Um, Facebook, we're uh, facebook.com slash pages slash sega-16.com with no, no period after 16. And on YouTube, You can find us under uh, Melf00, that's the YouTube name that for the channel, but uh, the, the that's my account, but the YouTube channel is Sega16, and you can find uh, our archive of Sega commercials and documentaries there. We have uh, well over uh, 300 videos, if I'm not mistaken, plus new content um, that I'm putting up regularly, and um, we're also on Twitter, Sega16. Um, you'll find us there so uh, head over to the website read our reviews features and interviews head over to the YouTube channel thumbs up and subscribe to the channel and head over to the forums and participate in the community we're welcome to have you we're, we're eager to have you we welcome you great stuff so don't forget to check out sega16.com and uh, yeah on any of those social media don't forget to also uh Let Ken know if you like the interview, if you'd like to know more about the website. Uh, hit him at Sega16, right? On Twitter? Uh huh. Yeah, so after the show, why not uh, do that? Do just that. If you don't like Ken, also you can send him some uh, Twitter hate. <laughs> you suck! Or no, don't do that. Don't do that. You can send some. Um, Uh, hate tweets to my account at DJLUIS underscore KC. It's hard, so you don't have to 
so you can't remember it and you won't send me anything. That's it's uh, you, on purpose. Yeah. You can send me cookies. I like cookies. Okay, cookies. Uh, you can send him internet cookies, and he'll share the address uh, after the show. We'll post it on the the podcast. So on the post podcast description, we'll share Ken's address, so you can send him um, <laughs> weird presents uh, by by mail, or maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Ken, thank you so much for uh, being with us, celebrating the 25th anniversary of the Sega Genesis in the US. Uh, who knows, we might have um, a European celebration sometime, who knows, we need to plan that. Um, don't go anywhere though. Uh, because we have a special surprise for those listening to the Sega Lounge. We have a, a quick, quick interview with the guys behind Elysian Shadows. Remember, we interviewed them uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, regarding their upcoming Kickstarter project. Well, it's not upcoming anymore. It's uh, going on right now. So we have Connor from the Elysian Shadows team uh, for about 5 to 10 minutes to talk about the, the Kickstarter project, what you can expect from that, how you can uh, pledge to that Kickstarter project, and maybe even share one or two uh, new music tracks from Elysian Shadows. Ken, thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight on the Sega Lounge. I hope to have you back on the show sometime soon. Pleasure to be here. Anytime. Bye. Take care. Take care.
Welcome back to the Sega Lounge and this is the final part of the show. We had an awesome time with Ken from Sega16.com. We just played his final pick of music for the show this week. We had a Legend of Harrier from Space Harrier 2. And now it's time for the surprise part of the show I mentioned earlier. Um, remember a few weeks back we had the guys from Elysian Shadows on the show? Well. Tonight we have Connor back on the show. Hello, Connor. Hey, how's it going? Hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, and you're here because the Kickstarter project that we mentioned briefly during uh, the last interview we had with you guys is now underway. So, want to share a bit of info on that with us? Yeah, so Elysian Shadows is a 2D, 3D RPG. Uh, it's kind of like Fantasy Star or Final Fantasy, but we also have a lot of like 3D platforming mechanics and a lot of like the bump mapping, lighting engine, audio engine, uh, like 3D positional audio, like all kinds of new uh, technology to take it to the next step. And our Kickstarter is going right now. And if you look it up on Kickstarter, where I'm looking at it right now, we're at 95,000 out of 150,000, uh, and we're not quite halfway yet. Um, the first day we got something like 30,000 or a bit more than that or something like it just exploded on the first day and it's been going well so far um, we have a lot of screenshots and uh, there's a couple of my music tracks and a whole bunch of information about the game and uh, what we want to do with it and it's coming out for the Dreamcast uh, our publisher are the same people that are doing Pure Solar, it's uh, Watermelon and uh, we're super excited about what we're doing here Awesome, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we have 17 days to go, right? According to yeah. Kickstarter. So, uh, everyone start donating. <laughs> uh, get behind this. <laughs> Why not? Um, talking about um, rewards, what do you guys have for people who donate? Give uh, me some examples. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. So the lower ones, like you can get uh, some digital copies, uh, you can get a digital copy of the soundtrack, you can get uh, our issue that of uh, the August issue of Indie Game Magazine that we are in. Uh, we also have like a, a comic book that our artist Patrick is doing uh, about the game. Uh, and then we also have like physical game releases, physical soundtrack, uh, the design document, um, They, uh, Falco and Tyler have these little notebooks that they write all their notes in that they've been writing in the past couple years and so they're going to make copies of those that people can have and there's art books because Patrick does a lot of concept art and so does Leandro um, and then of course physical Dreamcast versions um, and there's also some like really high tier stuff uh, you can get a custom Ouya with uh, like an Elysian Shadows logo on it um, there's what I'm looking at right now. There's one custom Dreamcast where, like, we'll have this, the our uh, art guy do like a crazy custom Dreamcast design, and it have a VMU with some cool designs on it and stuff. And then there's also one. Um, it's called the Mentor, and you can go uh, have a trip to Alabama, which is where uh, Falco and Tyler are, and stay with them for a week, and they'll teach you absolutely whatever you want to know about. Uh, C++ and programming for the Dreamcast, programming for Ouya, programming for whatever, you know, OpenGL, uh, all kinds of crazy stuff because they're wizards, so. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So, uh, one thing I, I've seen, I already donated, uh, so, but one, one thing I was looking at was 
the higher tier rewards are almost already gone so the the biggest uh, ones the five thousand dollar pledges and stuff are almost already gone so people yeah, have mean, been going getting behind this which is the, interesting the, the dreamcast one that we had sold out like in i don't know 48 hours it's like a thousand the thousand dollar package that comes with the custom dreamcast custom vmu and all the other crazy amounts of stuff you basically get like a big chest of crap it's awesome and, <laughs> and so we had to open up another one and there's only one left of that now so just it's crazy because the fan base for listening shadows are so into it and so dedicated that i think most people when they launch a kickstarter you get a lot of you get a couple higher ups but then you get a, some people that just want to contribute enough just to get a copy of the game and then a couple middle people but when we launched a kickstarter all of a sudden all these people came out and they just wanted everything it was crazy <laughs> That's awesome, that's awesome. So if you want a, a box filled with crap, uh, <laughs> donate for... Good crap, though, it's awesome. <laughs> uh, that's good marketing right there. I'm not a marketing joking. genius, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> just joking, yeah, but it's got some, some awesome stuff. Uh, even the, the middle tier rewards are, are awesome. You've got stuff like, let's see, a physical soundtrack, um, figurine, physical copies of the design documents, art book, comic book, authentic uh, Egyptian pe papyrus scroll with your choice of Elysian Shadows graphic and certificate of authenticity. Whoa, awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all yeah, this Falco awesome stuff. Falco was Uh, I think he's like half Egyptian or his dad's side or something and so oh, they have like these real Egyptian scrolls that they'll have uh, artwork on that you can put up and stuff it's really cool okay um, one thing that's not available uh, sadly is um, a banner saying good evening bitches would be interesting <laughs> but maybe maybe one someday maybe someday uh, yeah so maybe t-shirts yeah, Maybe T-shirt exactly. Uh, I supported uh, Illusion Shadows on Kickstarter, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt saying "Good evening, bitches." Maybe that's <laughs> too long. <laughs> Maybe just "Good evening, bitches." Yes. <laughs> so yeah, so people get behind this. This is an awesome game, an awesome concept. Uh, if you haven't uh, listened to uh, the show, the Sega Lounge episode with the Legion Shadow guys, don't forget it's available for downloading from uh, RadioSega.net or iTunes, or you can stream it on Stitcher. If you want to know more about the game. Don't forget to check it out. I was actually uh, just checking the website. It's episode number six. So if you want to download it from Radio Sega, just go to radiosega.net um, forward slash media and just look for the Sega Lounge. And episode six is with the Legion Shadows team. Uh, you can find out more about the game, about some of the... Um, concepts that the guys have been working on and of course you can uh, check out the kickstarter page for more info for videos screenshots for music and we'll keep you posted on uh, the progress of the kickstarter campaign as well connor thank you so much for taking the time to come back to radio sega and share more info on the kickstarter with us Uh, we hope. No, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, It's we awesome. hope everything goes well with the, this project because if you don't get funded, people are really um, are crap. 
So yeah, uh, <laughs> you really need to get behind this 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 project. It's something I really believe in. So should you? Don't forget to make your pledge on Kickstarter.com and look for Elysian Shadows. Uh, we actually, uh, Carter actually sent me a couple or a few of his tracks that we haven't yet played on the Sega Lounge. So uh, we'll end the show with uh, a couple of those tracks, I think. Uh, but before that, we'll have our... Um, Closing uh, messages as usual on the Sega Lounge. For now, we'll say goodbye to Connor. Thank you so much for joining us once more. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Okay, take care. You too. Okay, everyone, so this was the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega, episode 9. Whoa, already episode 9. This is, this is awesome. So, yeah, thank you everyone for joining us. We'll just um, remind you what other Radio Sega live shows we, you can listen to uh, this week. So, after the Sega Lounge, in probably a couple of hours' time, we'll have RSN Live with Voice, dual casting on Radio Sega and uh, randomsonicnet.org, I think, uh, RSN. So, don't forget to check that out uh, at midnight BST in a couple of hours time tomorrow Friday at 9pm BST Sega Mixer Drive Rexy is back with 2 hours of Sega remixes don't forget to check that out as well Saturday the late 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 afternoon breakfast show with Shadow Remix dual casting on Radio Sega and Sonic Radio don't forget to bring your own caffeine because it's a caffeine field show you need your own caffeine for the late 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 afternoon breakfast show and finally uh, Forever Sonic is back this Saturday uh, at 10pm BST with Forever Sonic's random hour so uh, make sure to uh, check that out as well Saturday 10pm BST uh, next week, right before the Sega Lounge uh, on Thursday, uh, don't forget that on Wednesday, the Cyber Razor Cut will be back with Sonic Yoda, one hour of Sega Tunes by our resident Yoda of Sonic Things. So, um, yeah, be sure to check that out Wednesday at 8pm BST. And the Sega Lounge will be back next week with some uh, awesome guests as well. We'll uh, let you know who they are um, right uh, before the show airs next week, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll also uh, be talking about the most recent Sega news since uh, I think next week we'll be having Donny joining us this, uh, again so hopefully we need, we need our Donny in the Sega launch it's, it just isn't the same and yeah so don't forget to check out uh, the Segathon Marathon as well uh, which you can find somewhere uh, I already mentioned this before, but yeah, I'm so professional, I forgot. hfc-marathons.co.uk So that's hfc-marathons.co.uk <coughs> The guys have raised at this time, at this point when I'm recording this, um, mm -mm, how much? Where is it? Oh, $13,719.20 for Child's Play. It's an awesome cause, so don't forget to donate if you can. 
if not just check it out and uh, have some fun with the guys during the Sonicathon yes so I've been KC this has been the Sega Lounge episode number 9 I'll be back next week, hopefully with SSF1991, Donnie, uh, and hopefully with no more throat issues. <clears throat> My voice will probably be better next week, hopefully, and uh, no more jet lag, because that really affects everything. <laughs> I'm really sorry for the quality of uh, tonight's show. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed um, the show the interview with Ken and this little uh, extra bit with Connor from Elysian Shadows. So don't forget to uh, stay tuned to Radio Sega. We play the best Sega music 24-7. I'll leave you with a couple of new tracks from Elysian Shadows. We'll play the Lauren Museum theme and the last one will be the awesome boss theme from Connor, part of the Elysian Shadows team. And don't forget to get behind the Kickstarter project. Bye-bye! Sega music, news, and whatever else we can think of. The Sega Lounge, only on Radio Sega.